We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I am worried on behalf of parents based on what happened in a Michigan courtroom today. And I want to know if you're with me, 651-461-9226. I have to admit, I was surprised this morning when Jennifer Crumley was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. This was in the wake of this uh, just horrific school shooting. Uh, carried out by her 15-year-old son. Now, this example is egregious, right? Jennifer Crumley and her husband had opportunity after opportunity to intervene and perhaps prevent this shooting. And so it's not this kind of case that I'm necessarily concerned about. But what about the car thief or the kid who gets caught up in drugs or the kid who ends up in a street gang and the single dad or single mom doing their best, but their best might not fit the standard of what you or a jury would consider to be full parental responsibility? Do we want to see more parents criminally charged for the actions of their children, 651-461-9226. This case, um, the prosecutor said that even some of her staff members pushed back and said, are we sure we want to go here? Are we sure? Now, the facts of this case, look, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Jennifer Crumbly. Uh, There were small things, there were easy things that they could have done to prevent this. Do I think Jennifer Crumley was doing the best that she could? I don't. I don't. Uh, She's, you know, there are these text messages over and over during the trial where he suggested, so so Ethan, uh, who is 15, sent a text to his mom suggesting the home was haunted by a demon. She seemed more concerned with her horses and with cheating on her husband than she did with her son's needs. And also, we can look and say, this is a bad parent. A bad parent. But is this a precedent that you feel comfortable with? It makes me uneasy. I'm going to be honest. 651-461-9226. Now, yes, if you buy your 15-year-old a gun, her husband purchased the gun. And the high school calls you two hours before the attack and says, "Mm, your kid wrote the phrase blood everywhere on a math worksheet. 
and you don't come get your kid, you know, that that is highly questionable. Now, the school also, like, what school isn't sending that kid home? What school isn't searching that kid's backpack? So there's a lot of blame. Like, this school could have prevented this, I think. That said, like, as as parents, we know, like, I have two teenagers. I know that I have responsibility to a certain degree for them, right? But I just think of the parents in a circumstance where, and and I know all of you are going to call and text and say, well, they bought him the gun, they bought him the gun, they bought him the gun. And that's fair in this case. But when we've had bursts of juvenile crime in this state, many of you write in and say, where are the parents? Where are the parents? Why don't we prosecute the parents? Is that what you want? Because I think it's coming. After this case, I think it's coming here to Minnesota. And maybe you want that. Maybe you support it. I'd like to know why. 651-461-9226. This case was particularly bad, right? I mean, example after example of parents having an opportunity to intervene in a 15-year-old who clearly is having mental health issues and in a way is, is crying for help. The fact that, you know, that morning he wrote two hours before the attack, you know, blood everywhere. You're like, okay. But is the mother more more responsible than the counselor? Should the counselor be charged? Should the principal be charged? It is easy to have no sympathy for the Crumleys, right? And I'm not even asking you to have sympathy. I was surprised that they were found guilty because this has never happened before. One texter saying, you're surprised? Like, yes, I'm surprised. It's never happened before in this country because the law typically holds responsible the person who actually commits the crime, not the parents who maybe could have intervened and maybe could have done something about it. This is a new frontier. And maybe it's good. Maybe you support it. I worry because so many parents, And I've talked to these parents of kids who end up in the criminal justice system. They tried. And maybe, maybe we can write, maybe we can write a law that gives a little bit of credit if you've tried. But I just think once you come before a verdict and you see like a crying family that was, you know, the victim of a, of a a gang fight or drug trafficking. I I don't know that it's right for parents to be prosecuted. 651-461-9226. I feel like I'm the responsible party for my parents or for my kids. But if my 16-year-old crashes, you know, say my 16-year-old steals a car and crashes into someone. 
Should I have known about that? Is is a prosecutor going to go through my, well, you had this opportunity, or why didn't you have a red flag about this, or don't you have Life 360 so you don't know sort of what's going on? Don't you have Find My iPhone? Why aren't you monitoring your kids? One texter saying, as parents, we are responsible to raise our children until they're adults, which is 18 years old. Until then and up to then, the parents are responsible for their children's action. I totally disagree. 651-461-9226. Let's talk to Jeff. He's on the CCO Talk and Text Line. Jeff, I'm trying to thread a needle here where I don't have much sympathy for the Crumbly situation. (laughs) but, But you think about... You know, and I've seen the text come in when you see crime here in the Twin Cities, juvenile crime, and people want the parents prosecuted. Where do you come down on that? Uh, I think it's long overdue. Long overdue. Uh, this case is such a good precedent because of all the red flags it had. There were many. All the other there dangers. were many, yeah. <laughs> Sure. And not to mention the dangers of uh, purchasing the gun for the kid to begin with, you know. Yes. Now, does that set a, a precedent for... Everything else that comes to the courts, not necessarily. That's why they've got juries and, and prosecutors. Uh, this case is somewhat unique compared to somebody on the street that steals a car. How, why do you, you think know? it's different in that way? Because there was so much um, interaction with the kid, starting with the purchase of the gun, but then also communication with him, et cetera. Right. That uh, uh, you'd have to be blind, deaf and dumb to miss it. Yeah. I I suppose my fear on this is like, yes, you have the text messages, but you don't really know, like, what kind of communication was going on between uh, a mom and their son. And when you look at, say, a kid who gets caught caught up in gang issues, you're like, yeah, a a parent might, you know, I'm not suggesting that. If you're a parent of a kid who's in a gang, I, I personally find it somewhat questionable that you would have no idea that your kid was involved in troubled behavior. So then, exactly. it, but then is it your responsibility? What if you tried to stop them and maybe you don't have the text? Maybe you have texts that incriminate you and not texts that end up defending you. I, I just, I worry. Well, I, I feel like. That's the way like, it shakes out then. Yeah, yeah maybe so. It, maybe that, so. Yeah. <laughs> The way the cookie crumbles, period. Yeah. Jeff, thank you. I get where Jeff's coming from. I understand this. This principle. Lots of texts coming in. Love to hear some phone calls as well. It's 651-461-9226. Do you want to see more of this? Do you think when you look at crime of juveniles, do you want more parents also being held responsible? We'll uh, continue the conversation next on Drive Time. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Should parents be charged for their kids' crimes? Conversation coming out of the guilty verdict today in Michigan. 
Jennifer Crumley, found guilty of involuntary manslaughter because her 15-year-old killed four students in November of 2021 at the high school. Uh, Lots of texts coming in. And a lot of you definitely want parents to be charged. I'm very happy for this result. I do believe in all of these children's uh, cases, the parent's role needs to be examined, just like it was in this case, and proven that she's guilty, says Dave from Plymouth. I did reach out to our friend Joe Tamburino, uh, the criminal defense attorney, legal analyst who joins us on the show, and he says the Crumley example could absolutely happen here in Minnesota, could be a second-degree manslaughter charge. He said it was a stretch in Michigan, and it worked. He says this area could expand into juvie street gangs. Think of it. Your kid is running wild with a gang, robbing and shooting people, and you knew of his violent propensities and did nothing about it. You could be charged. He says personally, you know, I mean, the question is, should you be charged? And do we really, do we think this leads to a safer society? Will it make parents think Twice about intervening. That's I I don't know. I don't know. Parents are responsible for feeding, clothing, housing until they are adults. Same with crime. Pay attention. There will be signs. Says one texter. Another says this does make me uncomfortable. But this case sounds particularly egregious. Let's talk to Jack at a car. Jack is on CCO. You're a criminal defense attorney, Jack? Yes, I have been for several years. And I think what this all gets down to is what's called prosecutorial discretion. Mm, Yeah. And usually, with all criminal law, in order to convict someone, you have to prove a prerequisite intent. In other words, knowing what you're doing is wrong and doing it anyway. Now, there are some cases wherein, now you're talking about a child of an adult, but there are some cases even when the adult commits gross negligence, which results in a death, where prosecutors decide not to prosecute. Right. And I'll give you an example. A a woman that I represented had a child seat and put it on top of the hood of her car at the grocery store and drove away and killed her child, a baby. Hmm. And the prosecutor wanted to prosecute her for negligent homicide. And my point to the prosecutor was, look, this woman is going to suffer from this for the rest of her life. Sending her to jail for six months isn't going to stop her from doing it again. It was a mistake. Yes, it was gross negligence. She lost her head and she made a mistake. But she's going to punish herself more for the rest of her life than you could do by sending her to jail. So, you know, have some mercy for this person and some compassion and not prosecute her. And he didn't. Hmm. Do you think like when you look at when you look at, say, you know, and the, the reason I'm thinking about this is so relevant here is because of the carjackings that we've had, especially the young people stealing cars. Now, every time there's sort of a burst of activity, people text us and say, well, why don't why don't we prosecute the parents, prosecute the parents? And I just look at that and think like, okay, these parents are already, I imagine, up to their eyeballs in frustration with their kids. Like, is this 
is this going to lead to a safer community or is this just trying to trying to punish someone because we haven't figured out how to deal with the real problem? Yeah, I think the reality is, is that, you know, whenever there's a wrong done, the natural instinct is you want to punish someone for yeah. doing the wrong. Yeah. And but, yeah, for, for example, your kid goes out drinking one night with a bunch of kids when he's in high school and he's never had a drink before and they slip him some drugs and they go carjack something or do something stupid and he's with them. Even if he didn't take the car because he's with them, he's guilty of the carjacking. So, yeah, you know, well, and he sh- maybe he is and he should. But then, like, do you go after if you have a kid who, like, maybe the parents know that he's had a drinking problem? And ha- the parents haven't intervened, and now we're going after the parents? I, ju- I just don't know. I don't know that I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I think it's a dangerous precedent, quite frankly, because it opens the door to a plethora of prosecutions. But well, that's why I said in the beginning that yeah. it comes down to prosecutorial discretion. Right. Maybe there's some cases like this one where she was so her conduct so was egregious. so just buying yeah. a gun yeah. that she deserves to be prosecuted. But probably most of them you do not. Yeah. Really good uh, call. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, for calling in, Jack. 651-461-9226. One texter says, this is going to be even worse for parents of color. Would make you never ask for help and live in distrust of anyone, everyone. That's, That's an interesting point. As a parent, if you're afraid that... They're going to come after you. Um, does that change the way you interact with the system? Probably. I just think we need to think this through before uh, we extend this precedent. This case, egregious. Again, I have no sympathy for Jennifer Crumbly, who certainly had opportunities to intervene, um, is sending her to prison for involuntary manslaughter up to 15 years. Does that? What? I, I don't know. I don't know. 3.30. Appreciate all the calls and the text. Coming up, we're going to talk about just a topic that I find fascinating. College athletes who are now able to unionize because the Biden administration sees them not as students, but as employees. How is all this working? What's the legal theory behind it? Does it make any sense? We'll talk about that with an expert for the University of St. Thomas next on CCO. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. Every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.